What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin J. Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? I have another uh, initial in my name. It's J.H. Thank you very much. Oh, J.H. Mitchell. There you go. I honestly, I've never taken the time to ask you what your middle name is, but you don't have to say it now. It's okay. Um, it's and secret. I don't really care. It's but... secret. Also, you but, say my Twitter. You say my Twitter thing every time, and it's J H C J H. Yeah, but I, I feel like J would be it would be cooler as your middle name. Well, I mean that's that's all it says on my license. Colin Jordan guess. Mitchell. Jordan. That would be cool. That's gross. Okay. Hey, okay. Would you call me Anyways. CJ? <laughs> oh, I could call you CJ. CJ Mitch. CJ Mitchell. <laughs> DJ Mitchell, man. There you go. That's kind of cool. That's way cooler than Colin. That's way cooler than Colin. Hey, wow. CJ. CJ. Wow. I've never been called that in my entire life. Especially since you're getting better at basketball now. You got to have a cool second name. <laughs> like, people call me Bruni. You know, they don't call me Matthew. So, you can't go as Colin. You got to be CJ on the court. <laughs> Played five on five. <laughs> That's all you call me. CJ, CJ. That's funny. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> Anyways, um, hello everybody. We hope everybody's doing well. Everyone's staying safe. Uh, we wanted to get a quick podcast out to y'all because we haven't talked to y'all in a while. I did that little uh, outlier podcast last week of the Louisiana Tech UAB game. If you want to check that out, that was kind of a preview for the La Tech game. But now we know we are recording this on Friday. Um. I believe it was what released Thursday. Yeah, it was released yesterday after, uh, evening that North Texas versus Louisiana Tech was going to be postponed and pushed back to a later date. And now we know that that date is uh, December 3rd. Thursday. So Thursday. Yeah, Thursday night game. Actually, I think it's Thursday evening. I think it's like 530. Yeah, it's like five. Yeah, so that uh, that's interesting. But um. Yeah, so that game was postponed, and as y'all know, the UTEP game was postponed the week before, so they filled up both of their slots. Of they, Every team has two weeks there to where they can you know, put uh, makeup games, and North Texas has now filled up both of their spots, and so has UTEP. So you have the, the week of the 5th, and you have the week of the, uh, the 12th both taken. I don't know personally if they're going to be able to if another one happens, is they going to be able to play the 19th or something? That feels like it's pushing it, mm-hmm. especially if they're going to be bowl games or whatever. I don't know. But these are both division opponents. They're both, you know, games that matter. So I'm interested to see how this kind of plays out. And also the reports that, that were, um, you know, hovering around was that North Texas was going to have upwards of 30 players out. Yeah. For Louis- tech game yeah what what well i guess you you go ahead what was your reaction um and i i don't know if surprised is the right word or for me i mean i'm always kind of i've become increasingly i guess i don't want to say agitated because this is just the scenario we're in but it's kind of just been like damn another letdown in a sense of a yeah i mean so close having a 
played. Do you do you want you mean my immediate reaction to the game being canceled? The immediate reaction to them be, there being thirty players that can't play. Which one do you want to go to first? It's good canceled. Do cancel first, and then we'll go into. Okay. The, well, when it got canceled, I mean, I think it's it's not a surprise at this point, considering that there is a spike in terms. Of, I mean, we saw. I think the UTEP game kind of foreshadowed the possibility of of North Texas not playing this game, um, and unfortunately, it's you know North Texas is kind of instead of not playing games in the beginning, they're not playing games, I guess, toward the end of the season, if you want to call it that. Um, so, I mean, like you said, it's just it's just the kind of environment that we're in at this point. Um, I don't think if any game is canceled that we can be surprised at all because it's just the way that it is. Um, I mean, we saw Houston get postponed or, I guess, canceled now. But yeah. uh, we saw that happen, and I think that when that happened, we should have all just kind of been like, okay, it can happen any week. It happened yesterday, two days before a game. So, yeah, I just think yeah. we have to and go week to week. For sure. And it's honestly, that was a concern of, I know a lot of people around, around the team was that what if, because against UTEP, they didn't have any positive, positive cases, um, or at least they didn't have any, uh, they didn't have an outbreak by any means. Right. I think there were only three positive cases the week of UTEP uh, in the entire athletic department. So they were going to be fine to play the UTEP game. The concern was that if you go to UTEP, where obviously it's overflowing, it's a ho- horrible situation. We're hoping everyone's okay there. The the concern is not only that if you go there and catch it and bring it back, the concern is that you go there and everything's fine, but then you come back and you have an outbreak, and it looks like you got it in El Paso. Like that was another thing. The optics of that were going to be really, really, really weird and pretty bad, to be frank. So now, like, imagine if they would have played the UTEP game, and now they come back and there's 30 positive tests, or there's 30. I'm sorry, not positive tests, but you know, COVID-related um, people out for the upcoming game. Um, now there's no questions of you know oh the el paso trip caused this or anything this is more so just on the team or the players itself and i mean it's obviously it's not on anybody because you know it's a virus it travels however it wants to travel but there's no there's none of that um uncertainty of oh we shouldn't have gone to el paso we shouldn't have done this you know you you did what you can you took the week off you practiced and now you have an outbreak, and while it's very scary, at least it's not you know brought back. We we know it's not brought back from El Paso, right? So I feel like that that's the one thing. But it, did you have something to say on the the thirty? I mean, the, I mean, not thirty players that tested positive. It might be you know it might be five, six, seven players that tested positive. Yeah, I mean, and, the only thing when I saw that it was more like you saw UTEP. You didn't have any, I guess, COVID related players out then yeah. i would say that it's it seems irresponsible to have this many um only because everyone is week to week and you know you knew that all the way back to the houston game it's not like this is the first game that's canceled utep was canceled and i think that if you're playing football and you want to play football i think it's it's again we don't know how they got it but it's irresponsible if they are doing things to get it because like you and I haven't gotten it, God forbid. But yes, knock on wood. Yeah, but like we are homebodies in a lot of senses. Right, exactly. Like, so like I don't know what goes into you know what they do on a daily basis, but you would hope that they try to be careful. Yeah, and I mean, well, that was the whole thing coming into the season is 
it's you you have 60 70 players i mean then you're not even including coaching staffs that go back to their families that where their student kids go to school or their you know wives work at wherever like you have so many external variables that you know it's not we don't want to put blame on only this kids because we don't know if only the kids right. have we don't know who has it i will say though one thing that is you are right in that we've seen a uh, a surge, a little a spike across the country and uh, at Texas a little bit as well. Um, and I actually looked at Denton's numbers specifically from the past week and October 30th and so, so on, like around the October 30th, it was pretty low. It was like maintaining where it had been the last couple of weeks. And then November 3rd, 4th, you saw a little bump, not, not huge, but you saw a bump up. And I saw that and I was thinking, you know, why, why would that be? And then, you know, you kind of think about it and I don't know about everybody else, but I have Snapchat and I have social media, Instagram and all this stuff. And Halloween was a big deal. Halloween was a big deal. I, that's all I'll say about that. I, uh, not, uh, I'm not, again, we don't know what happened or anything, but I'm just saying when I saw that little bump at November 3rd and I was like, Hmm, okay. Why, why would that go up? Oh, it was three days after Halloween. And um, again, I'm not telling anyone don't live their life or anything. I'm just saying that when you are in a position where you ha- kind of have to be healthy and you know you're going to get tested often, it's a possibility and you just have to be so vigilant. You have to be so responsible and you have to you have to sacrifice so much. We're asking these guys to sacrifice a lot, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, that's kind of the that's kind of the burden that they have on themselves this entire season is – you know, we need you to basically be stuck at home yep. for for four months, home and the gym and practice field. So that's just what I was thinking. And when all this kind of unfolded, because like you said, I mean, like you said, and then like I was thinking, it's just like, it's so weird to have a UTEP week where, you know, you might've had one positive test or two maybe to have it to where those two would not have got 30 people out. Right. They it had to have been if they had, and you if had, they had to, they were already, you know, separated. And, yeah, and you had a spike across the athletic department where it was 15 this past week. So, um, like I said, that was just everything that was going through my head, and that's why I'm hope I'm hoping that it wasn't people being irresponsible. But these are 19, 20 year old, 21 year old kids, and you know I have social media, and I've seen a lot. I didn't see the players. I'm not saying I saw any players. I don't follow any players to be specific. I'm just saying I saw people. Yeah, just people in general. Yeah, people out there. Yeah. So that was uh, interesting for me. Also, let's get into Conference USA is having a tough week. Tough, tough week. Is this three postponements and a canceled game? So you have, let me read these off. I didn't even mention to you off air. Middle Tennessee and Charlotte postponed. Rice, UTSA postponed. The first postponement for uh, UTSA. And then you have UTEP, FIU canceled because they're not in the same division. And then uh, North Texas, Louisiana Tech postponed. Is there anything Conference they can do at this point, whether it's give them a bye week here, uh, I don't know, push everything back a week, or just really just try to hit hit those postpone, uh, those makeup weeks towards the end of the season. Is there anything Conference they can do, or is it just kind of like the way it is? I mean, we saw the Pac-12, I mean, Pac-12's game, First game got postponed, right? Their whole yeah, they, yeah, they have two games, I believe, already. Um, yeah, two Washington games. So I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of the way it is. I don't. If you push it back, what are you hoping for? You know, 
the virus is still going to be here on December 19th and December you know, 26th and so on and so forth. It, at some point, you have to call it, and you can't just keep the season going on until February. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, you have the two makeup weeks, and I think that's that. I mean, that we all knew that that was a possibility coming to the season, that they would be able to finish out a season. We knew that – I mean, I think – at least my opinion is that the season so far up to this week has gone better than expected in terms of yes. cancellations and postponements and being able to get players on the field. I mean, I think it's gone way better than expected in in, in my head. Um, so, no, I mean, I think you live with it. I mean, you know, everyone gets the eligibility back. Everyone's dealing with the same thing. The Pac-12 hasn't played up to this point. The Big Ten started late. I mean, you're in a better situation than most, most people, most, most conferences, I should say. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't even mention the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin still just had their game this week postponed or canceled as well, which they, they didn't play last week either. Um, I will say any game that is postponed from here on out should just be just be not played. Right. They shouldn't push it back anymore than December 12th. Because what's like what's, what's what's, what are you playing for? Yeah, I mean, yes, obviously you want everybody to have even amount of games. You want them all to have played division opponents especially but for me i I just look at this as what are we what are we doing here we've saved uh, we've already okay teams have already in conference USA have already saved a good amount of revenue right and obviously you want to save more you want to save as much as possible especially with the tv deals and the whether it's cbs or fox or whatever else you have it you want to get that money I just feel like you you kind of give it to where it's like two strikes. You you have those makeup weeks, makeup makeup. After that, man, you're asking North Texas to basically pause their season for a month. Like assuming that let's assume the next game is not able to be played, um, you're asking them not play for a month basically, and then push it all into December. And that is just really really weird to me. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't feel comfortable with that. And then I also don't feel comfortable with if you know teams continue to drop like this is to be forced these games to be played like no i feel like the approach should be all right we're gonna have we know we're gonna take a hit coming into the season right mm-hmm. we know we're not every single game is gonna get played we know that you know we might miss out on a home game here or there but like you said i feel like it's been successful enough to this point in the season like if you're utsa they haven't missed a game before this North Texas has missed now. Um, well, they missed Houston. Then you have the two postponements. So if you miss one more, it's only two games you really missed. Like, there's no. I don't look at it as a point of they've only like if North Texas had only played two games to this point. Like, oh no, we really need the money. We really need to get these games in. If the guys are healthy, just throw a team out there and let's play. You've played already a sufficient number of games to where I feel comfortable saying like. Everything else is just icing at this point. Mm -hmm. And I know financially that doesn't sound great because you need as much money as possible. So that way you don't have to lay people off or you can get, you know, uniforms and all this stuff. But I just think that the way that this thing, this virus is not being controlled in the way that we can't predict it is dangerous enough to where I'm not looking at a December 19th game as a possibility. I don't think it should be looked at as a possibility. I think you have the two strikes, and if the third strike, that, that game's out. Not only it, that, is you have to move on to, to other sports at that point. Like, you have basketball yeah, season coming up. You can't, like I said, you can't push the football season to February. 
Yeah, like, yeah. And if you were going to, you could have done that before the season, right. like everybody else was going to do, like like the Pac-12 was going to do, which kind of gets into a separate point in which I don't understand why the Pac-12 – I understand why the Pac-12 wanted to play it, but it's kind of already off to a shaky start to where just play your season in January, February. If you're missing out on, you know, a star guy here or there, that's fine, but you're missing out on full games right now. And so that's where it's tough. Um, and that's where, we're, like you said, we're lucky that North Texas has been able to get through however many games they've been able to get through this season. And I just don't think you can push the envelope any further. That's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that they get the, the rest of the games in, you know, UAB next week. But if they actually have, you know, uh, like five to seven to eight players that tested positive and then 30 players that traced back to them which allowed them which forced them not to play this week i'm concerned i'm concerned moving forward Mm -hmm. especially with the uab game coming up on the road nonetheless yeah like i that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me so we'll see how all that plays out um conference usa is in a bit of a pickle right now and i'm not i'm not sure there's an answer for it i think like you said you just have to kind of get it over with that's what I've, that's my, that's been my motto the entire, the entire year though. It's kind of just been like, let's get this over with, get the money you can, you know, keep the players as safe as humanly possible. So that way you can get the money because we all know this is a money grab mm-hmm. and the players want to play obviously, but I mean, you just got to get this over with. You can't extend it anymore. All right. Now let's talk about some fun stuff, Colin. Yay. Let's talk about basketball. My favorite. So. I have not been able to to go to any basketball practices yet. Um, they're tr- they're trying to keep everything obviously as safe as possible because you know season is right around the corner. And the last thing they want is for anything to go wrong or any mistake to be made. So you know I've just been you know kind of waiting in the wings. You know we'll see if if anything comes about in the coming weeks to where I can go maybe see a practice or two. But I'm not expecting to be able to be as you know vigilant as mm-hmm. I was in past years obviously it's a very different year but before we get into the schedule which we will talk about yesterday conference USA released their all-conference team and their preseason poll which one should we start with Colin uh probably the preseason poll I'm cool with that all right so let me read these out to you real quickly number one Western Kentucky, 11 first-place votes. Number two, North Texas, three first-place votes. Number three, Marshall, four UAB, five Old Dominion, six Charlotte, seven Louisiana Tech, eight UTEP, nine UTSA, 10 FAU, 11 FIU, 12 Middle, 13 Southern Miss, and 14 Rice. Does anything there stick out to you? Or I can say which one sticks out to me first. Uh, the only thing that sticks out to me is that North Texas and middle, I mean, North Texas and Western are clearly the, the top tier in, in that. I agree. Uh, I think I those think, two are the I think top. It's, I think that it is clearly pending, you know, what some, some event that it's going to be those, like it's decided already. Those two kind of how Western was in the past. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of felt like how, and this is, I guess, wrong because it didn't happen. It kind of felt like the Lakers Clippers in the NBA, 
right to where it felt inevitable that they were going to meet and obviously they didn't meet which like you said things can happen but that, that's the way it kind of feels it's like those are the two guys they met last year for the championship like this is they got all the stars like, there. like you think like you think marshall third and you're like well i don't think north texas is a problem beating marshall anytime <laughs> yeah. like you know what like i mean we know they have good players um, right but it's it's like North Texas, there's a reason those two got the top two or got all the first place votes. Yep. And Western Kentucky, we've talked about them before. Obviously, they have Vasty back. They have transfers. They got a bunch of guys back from last year. They're going to be the, a very, very good team. Like them and North Texas, I them and North Texas, I think, are two of the top 75 teams in the country. Like that. that's how good I think they are. And that's that's saying something because I, I don't know if North Texas last year was a top 75 team. They were bored. They were fringe. They were probably around the 80 mark. But they, that's how good I think they are. They both are. They're mm-hmm. like legitimately there. Um, and so then you go down Marshall UAB. We know UAB had a kind of a young team last year. Marshall has Tavion Kinsey. Uh, Old Dominion's always good. Old Dominion's always has their culture about them, defense and physical play. Charlotte uh, returns a, a few of their players. Um, let me get down to it. Jordan Shepard and Jameer Young, both of their guards, their backcourts coming back. La Tech, uh, we know they're always going to be in the in the race. Um, UTEP is a very interesting team that's pulled out a lot of transfers to try to get to where they want to be. They also have Bryson Williams back. UTSA, Javon Jackson, Keaton, Keaton Wallace, same thing, another year for them. It's who can they get around them? that can will decide how good they are if and then you have everyone else there who none of the other teams i consider to be any good besides i honestly think rice is a little underrated just because they're kind of their sporadicness in shooting and their emphasis on offense can kind of win them some games that i don't think they're supposed to win mm-hmm. we saw that last year with north texas so that'll be interesting um but yeah those last five teams i'm not worried about it's the top nine that i'm fascinated by those top nine are just so much fun to me. And I think this goes into our second point in uh, the all-conference team because you look at the top nine and then you're like, oh, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, six, oh, man, six teams are represented in this all-conference team. And it's just, when you when you say these names, it's like, oh my God, this conference is going to be a lot of fun. Like you have Jordan Shepard, Jameer Young, both from Charlotte. Then you have from Marshall, Tavion Kinsey, and Jared West. Jared West, I don't, I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's there for his defense. But yeah, he's he's not the player that I don't think the, the other guys on this list are. Um, then you have Javion Hamlet, Hamlet, the only North Texas player. You have uh, from uh, Bryson Williams from UTEP, monster. We saw him last year. A little inefficient, but still very good. Uh, then you have the UTSA boys, Jackson and Wallace. It feels so weird that they're back again another year. It's just like... Yeah, I feel like they've been here like nine years. Right, <laughs> but it's only their third year together. Right. <laughs> then you have the two Western Kentucky guys and uh, Tavion Hollingsworth and Charles Bassey, another duo that feels like they've been here forever. <sighs> that is some talent. Yes. That is like legit, legit talent. Like, I, uh, like you know, we heard Javon Jackson like, oh, should Javon Jackson be drafted? Like we heard that we Charles Bassey, you know him. He was a five star guy. Um, Tavion Hollingsworth, Bryson Williams, Keaton Wallace, all are um, really great players. J- Javion Hamlet, Conference Player of the Year. Tavion Kinsey, like I wouldn't be surprised if he made like an NBA roster eventually. Uh, and then you have Shepard and Young, who are very talented as well. I was kind of taken aback at how good this all conference team was. 
Really? Like I, I, I mean, I feel forgot. like we've always known that Conference USA has been a pretty good basketball conference. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just kind of took it kind of took me back, or it kind of surprised me. And I was like, "Damn, Tavion's back, Keaton Wallace, Javon Jackson." Like I didn't, I don't know why. I just when North Texas beat Western Kentucky last year, it felt like such a pinnacle moment that it was like no one, no one else they vanished. Yeah, they vanished. Western Kentucky, they beat them. Get Western Kentucky out of here. And then you're like, oh, no, wait. Western Kentucky comes back, and they get Charles Bassey back. They have Tavian Hollingsworth. They get a fifth-year guy from Lipscomb who started, like, 70 games over there. And they return, like, Jordan Rawls' freshman. And, like, this – like, Cameron Justice return – or not Cameron Justice. I'm sorry, the the white, the big white forward they have. Oh, I'm not going to remember his name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, though. God. That's going to bother me. Carson Williams, right? Carson Williams, I believe his name is. Maybe. I believe it's Carson. Hold on. I'm looking it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carson Williams. They got Carson Williams back. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, I mean, like you said, it's those are the top two teams. Yes. And now, now I will say that Western, on paper at the very least, I would say is a lot better than North Texas. I don't know a lot better. It depends on it depends on Charles Bassey. Yes. That's what it all depends on. And that's what it's dependent on every single year for them. And yes. they haven't got and that. And Charles Bassey the first year was was good, but he, he was good, but he, he but he was underwhelming. Good. Yes. And then he gets injured. This is kind of his year to prove it if he's still that quote unquote first round pick in, in the NBA. Um yeah. and it's also Tavion Hollingsworth's chance to prove if he can lead a team to win. I mean, obviously he he has the Top, the infamous nickname Topper Flopper for for North Texas fans. <laughs> so, I mean, it's 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 almost like it's almost like like you said Clippers Lakers in a sense that you could even you could argue that the that the that Westerns the Clippers in this scenario with the loaded roster, yeah, but the unproven players, yeah, and then you have Javion who's like LeBron. There you go, boom, easy. easy. Just compare Javion to LeBron, um, or maybe maybe like. I'm trying to think. Maybe if you go back, maybe it's like uh, I'm trying to think. I I had. I mean, there's like. I feel like it's a little more of a because Lakers Clippers was kind of just like thrown on people. I feel like it's something that's kind of brewed a little bit more. Maybe like the Heat versus Spurs, like in 2013 and 2014. When I was gonna say. To- I was gonna say maybe um, maybe Mavericks Heat. Mavericks Heat. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting how those two teams are going to kind of approach it. I know both of them have very good non-conference schedules and we'll get into that in a second. Um, but after one and two, I think three through nine is pretty fluid. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, it's going to change a lot in terms of the end rankings. Like you, we could see Marshall drop down to six. We could see UTEP, you know, go up from, I think you said nine, they're nine, eight, eight. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, I don't think any, nothing can surprise us after those top two teams. Exactly. Now, if North exactly. Texas drops to like fourth, yeah, that's that's a surprise in itself. Exactly. If either one of those do, but yeah, I think Charles Bassey kind of determines Western Kentucky's fate in a lot of sense, and it's kind of it's not just his talent because we know how talented he can be. It's his presence at in inside the restricted area on both ends of the court because is he athletic anymore? Like, does he have that bounce that he used to have mm-hmm. coming out of high school where he could get his hand up to the top of the backboard, damn near? Right, like that's what he used to be. 
I, don't, I think he's a little more ground bound now. And so he's a little more of a post up guy. He's a little more of a kind of just a, he's still a shot blocker, but he's doesn't have the vertical to, to you know, get up anymore for those, maybe either their floaters or all the passes or anything like that. So that's going to be interesting to me because if Zach's, because Zach Simmons is obviously ground bound. And if Charles Bassey is also ground bound, then you hope that Zach Simmons can kind of cancel him out in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so then you get into a guard matchup, which I think, North Texas would love. North Texas would love to turn this into guard versus yes. guard. Especially and because on the defensive end, you, I'd say they're better. Yes. Um, yes. Secondly, Trails. also, is is that Western is, I think, limited by how much talent they have because every guy that they have requires the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, Tavon Hollingsworth, he requires the ball in his hands. Yeah. Same with Charles Bassey to be effective. When you saw that his freshman years, he took, what, like six shots a game, but he, yeah. he was super efficient. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then you have uh, you have Carson Williams, then Carson you have Williams, and then the Lipscomb guard, Lipscomb guard, exactly. And you have Jordan Rawls. I'm missing one. Isn't oh, the the I got their roster. Dunker. Oh yeah, yeah, Josh Anderson, Josh, Josh Anderson. Anderson, Josh Anderson. For him to be effective, he needs the ball in his hands. Like you don't have a a true, I guess, point guard in a sense, or a guy mm-hmm. that shares the ball. Kind of like a Thomas Bell. Like a Thomas Bell, how he's like kind of versatile in a sense. I mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of like right. They don't have they don't yeah exactly. They don't have that role player that that doesn't need the ball in his hands or doesn't need to score to be productive on the, the court. Their offense is always interesting, which we always talk about with Western Kentucky. It's always mm-hmm. like, can they figure out a way to balance their offense and figure out a way to play inside out? Because last year they kind of relied on the three pointer a lot more without uh, without Bassey, and now you have Bassey back, and it's trying to figure out how to, you know get him in get him involved but not rely on him mm-hmm. that's always the thing and, and i think so. the early games are going to be important for us to see because we saw it last year you could instantly see western's faults in non-conference games that they played especially against lesser competition um yeah. because once that team figured out or they had that special i guess specialty player on defense to kind of you know mm-hmm. cancel out Tavion driving or or anything like that then like you said they rely on the three-pointer and then that kind of you know you live or die by the three and if you can't make the three then you're losing the game. Yeah. And yeah, so it'll be, it's going to be very interesting. I cannot wait for basketball season to get here. Uh, let's talk about North Texas schedule real quickly because it's slowly, slowly starting to come together. And we'll start off with the first games North Texas has, which is a tournament held, hosted by Arkansas. Their first game is. I believe. I don't think they play November 25th, which is when everybody starts, you know, that first day, November 25th. I believe they start on Thanksgiving against Mississippi Valley State, which I believe is a Division II team, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm not going to look it up either. You can look that up if you want. But Mississippi Valley State at home, November 26th, I believe. Um, that is their first game. That was what's reported. Um, and then they played the 28th at Arkansas. So right off the bat, second game of the season, you play at Arkansas. And we saw them play Arkansas last year. And um, Arkansas will be obviously doesn't have Isaiah Joe or Mason Jones anymore. Those two talented guards that they have, they're still going to be an SEC team. And they're still going to have plenty of talent. And that's a game where you hope all of this non-conference season for me. Here, let me get through the schedule and then I'll get into the point. But you have that game against Arkansas on November 28th. And then you have two other games that have been confirmed in let me pull them up i'll say them in order miss mississippi state on the road december 4th 
and LSU on the road December 19th. Those are the other two games. So you have three SEC games um, this season. Um, and I don't know about you. I was kind of expecting the non-conference schedule not to be as good once it got shaken up like this. But if they're able to get these three, like you have these three, if you're able to get, let's say, UT Arlington, which we assume because they're so close and they play every year, UT Arlington's a good team almost every year. Um, and then you're able to get, you know, they if they can reschedule maybe the Oklahoma State game that they had, that'd be great. Like those, if they just had those five games, I'm happy. Yeah. Three yeah. SEC schools, Oklahoma State and UT Arlington, and then you play five of the games against God knows who, I don't know, nobody's, I'm happy. Yeah. That's, that's that's literally all I want. No, I agree because because the goal of the non-conference is to prove something they couldn't prove last year, which is to beat a really good team early. Um, because we saw Javion play so bad early last year, we you know yes. we did we thought this team wasn't going to be anything when they scheduled those guys. So if they're able to take that step forward, like against the Arkansas, if we're able to see them knock off Arkansas this time, it would be definitely a step in the right direction. Because all we're looking for, I think, in this against tough opponents is to see that they're still the team that they were last year. Yes. And I'll take it a step further in that the reason why I am so excited for these early games against SEC teams, against big names teams, is because I think that they're going to have a huge leg up on teams like Arkansas, who's kind of replenishing their roster. Mm -hmm. With how much North Texas returns talent-wise and systematically, I think that they could come out first two games like you get that warm up game against Mississippi Valley State, you win that one easily. Ar- then you go to Arkansas, and it's Arkansas's second game of the year as well, I believe. So I think I don't, I'm not sure exactly how how it worked out for Arkansas. Maybe um, I think they played Mississippi State Mississippi Valley State the day before, and then back to back or something like that. I don't remember. Regardless, that game I look at as a winnable game, like a very winnable game. Oh yeah, like last year it was winnable. This year. I think there's, like, it's 50-50. Like, that's how confident I am in North Texas coming in with not only the right demeanor, but also the experience against in big games now with this specific team to go on the road and against an SEC team and be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah, seen well, it time and time here. again, too, with college basketball. The more experienced teams, the older teams, do a lot better than the younger teams. Yes, especially early on. And that's where, you know, when North Texas played Rhode Island last year, Rhode Island was a pretty experienced team. You had Fats Russell on that team. You had a lot of experienced guys. And Rhode Island, you know, they, they outlasted them. North Texas relied on their defense in in different ways. And so now North Texas offense, I think, is in a position to where it's going to be a lot of fun early on. Like, especially if Mardrez can play the way we hope he can, I think they're going to be versatile enough to – go into Arkansas and have a good chance in that game. And then you get into the other games, December 4th, Mississippi State, which I think will also have a good chance considering Mississippi State is also losing two guys to the NBA draft. Um, and then LSU, I think, is the best team that they have scheduled so far. LSU is legit. LSU will be, like, legit, legit. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait for that. I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. I think that they have a real chance of winning those just because of their continuity. Second question, uh, I guess a question for you would be if they win two of these games, does it – I think we talk about this every year, but it's kind of really – Yeah. Does it give the Conference USA a chance for a second bid? Say they don't. Yes. Okay. So I've already said I think 
North Texas and Western are two of the top 75 teams in the country. Right, but does the rest of the country feel that way? That's what they have to prove. And I think Western Kentucky has a pretty damn good non-conference schedule too. I don't know exactly what it is, Mm -hmm. if they have it posted yet. Let me see. Probably not. I mean, they're in a tournament with – so their first tournament – is Little Rock, who made the was going to make the NCAA tournament last year, won their conference. Then Louisville, those are their first two games as of right now. And Prairie View A&M, which is usually makes has a chance at a tournament, if not makes the tournament. Like, you're talking about three tournament teams right there. Yeah. To start the season. Like, Western Kentucky and North Texas are going to have plenty of chances to get those signature wins and have a chance come down the stretch to be in, to get a second bid. I think it's going to be really interesting. They're going to have to be really, really good, though. Like, both because remember, we always go back. Middle Tennessee didn't make the tournament when they lost that year, and they won, they lost like five games in the entire season, mm-hmm. and they were top 25. You have to be that good. So we'll see how that plays out, but I, I can't wait for it. Looking at the conference schedule, um, what do you think about this back to back business that, that Conference USA is doing? Doesn't bother me. It's, it's the way it is. Hey, but it's not all about you, Colin, okay? What about the team? What do you think the team feels about it? Do you think it's good for the teams? To play back-to-back? I mean, yeah. I don't... I mean, you get you get the week off. You play back-to-back. They're in the same spot. I don't think it's that bad. Um, it, Unless unless you count the fact that Mac plays guys lots of lots of minutes uh, mm-hmm. and doesn't really go that deep. Um. But I mean, no. I mean, I think it's like these guys are young. They're not old. They're they're able to keep their energy. Um, it's not like you're going away the next day. You're not getting on a plane. You're just going back to going to sleep. And honestly, I think this is better than having that extra day off, to where exposure could be a thing, especially for away teams, because mm-hmm. you might want to get out or something. I don't know. Um, but no, it it doesn't. I don't think it it bothers the team that bad. Only because it's like this is kind of the way. This is kind of where we are. Like you're able to play basketball. Um, it's back to back. It's against the same team. You're still playing. Yeah, I, I don't have a big problem with it either. Um, I I will say, I'm interested in how. I was really interested in how the adjustments were going to go on a Thursday to Saturday games like a schedule, because if you play on Thursday, and then you have Friday off, and then you play Saturday, that Friday was going to have a massive amount of adjustments, like. The film sessions were going to be crazy there. And then you were just going to get so many tweaks, so many um, different sets, little little nuances that were going to change how the next game was going to get played. It, it would show you a lot who's the better coach on that yes. Saturday game. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so that's where I think that is largely diminished because now I think the, the approach is now Monday through Thursday, you game plan for two games. Yeah, and you game plan well you game plan for the Friday game but in reality you're not going to have enough time after like Friday night to Saturday morning to to make wholesale changes you're going to be able to you know show your team like little bits here and there but you're going to want to let them sleep obviously you know you're going to want to get them to eat you're not going to want to overload them with stuff you're going to want them just to play it changes completely how coaching is going to be um how effective coaching is going to be in these back-to-back games because you're just going to be playing basically like you're basically right. this Saturday game is more so just going to be all right well we know that this works and we know that this doesn't work so we're going to try to expand on what we know does work instead of making the tweaks mm-hmm. and I don't know if that makes sense but yeah you're not going to see tiny nuanced things yeah if it's not obvious I don't think it's going to be as um 
it's not going to be as likely to be fixed or, yeah. you know, attacked, let's mm-hmm. say. So it's, it's the Saturday games are going to be really interesting. And I think it's going to be kind of a slugfest that Saturday games, like the Friday games are going to be all technical and like, Oh, they're doing this. They're doing this Saturday games. All right. Now, you know what the other person has in their hand. Now you're just swinging. You it's nutrition. It's, you know, a war of attrition. You know, it's like who has the better, who has the deeper bench maybe, um, who can attack the other team's weaknesses better. And I think that's just what it's going to come down to. It's kind of like a playoff series in a sense um, if they had back-to-backs. So yep. that's, that's where I look at it now because you know what the other team has in their hand. So that's I, – I don't hate it, but I don't love it. But it makes sense. Yeah. So that I think that's, that's how – that's the only way I can kind of phrase it. Uh, basketball also has two weeks at the end between the last – like every team in the conference has two weeks between – the their last game and the conference tournament for makeups so i think that's kind of interesting uh i i have no clue i don't have a feel for how this season's gonna shake out game weeks hmm right they might just start throwing nba type schedule out there (laughs) man i feel like they should just throw them in a bubble what if that's what the tournament is that's that is what the tournament is but you know they all stay in the star Yeah, I mean, that's the tournament. All right, well, we just want to get this podcast out to y'all quickly, you know, not keep y'all too long here, but kind of hit on some of the main North Texas talking points um, of the week. And, yeah, we'll see how it continues to play out, and hopefully we can get a North Texas versus UAB football game in the coming week. Everybody stay safe out there. Uh, Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Mingreen247, CJH Mitchell, and Matthew Bruni underscore. Um, subscribe to Mingreen247, please. And thank you. We are doing a lot of work over there, a lot of VIP work, and we appreciate any and all support. Um, but yeah, stay safe out there, and we will talk to y'all later. Bye.